The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca. Welcome again to the Informed Traveler Radio Show. I'm Randy Sharman. This part of the show is brought to you by Park to Go, Value Valet, No Hassles, No Delays. That's a promise. And tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day in the United States. So one place gearing up for it is the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee. And to tell us more about the museum itself is Dr. Noelle Trent. She's the Director of Interpretation, Collections, and Education for the Civil Rights Museum. The website is civilrightsmuseum.org. Hello, Dr. Trent. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, kind of a timely uh, thing that we're chatting with you. The uh, Martin Luther King holiday is uh, on Monday, and it just happens to be the 50th anniversary of the death of Dr. Martin Luther King. So tell me uh, a little bit of background on the Civil Rights Museum. I understand it's been around since 1991. So tell me a bit of a background on why the site was chosen where it is. So the National Civil Rights Museum is located in Memphis, Tennessee, and it opened in 1991. Now, we are located in the historic Lorraine Motel. Now, the Lorraine Motel was purchased in 1945 by an African-American couple, Walter and Lori Bailey. Uh, They were a business couple, and they opened up the hotel uh, for an African-American audience uh, because in the segregated South, in the United States, uh, Jim Crow was the standard practice, and so there were very few places where African Americans could stay uh, in Memphis. And so people like Aretha Franklin, Sam Cooke, um, a number of notables actually stayed here in the hotel. And Wilson Pickett's song, uh, Wait to the Midnight Hour, was actually recorded or written here in the motel. So it has a long history before it even became known as a place where Dr. King was assassinated. Mm -hmm. And he was killed here on the balcony of the motel in front of room 306 on April 4th, uh, 1968. So there's more to it than just the Lorraine Hotel. I'm looking on your website and there's a, you know, sort of a map Mm -hmm. there. So there's there's that part of it. There's uh, the exhibits part of it. So there's different uh, areas of the museum now, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. So the museum opened to the public in 1991. The community came together to save the building to make sure that it wasn't demolished because they viewed this as being a very significant part of uh, American history. And um, then in 2014, we uh, renovated the museum. We did $27.5 million renovation. So we have 24 galleries, uh, all discussing the history of the African-American civil rights movement. So we start off in our first gallery talking about slavery, the Middle Passage, just to give people an idea that this notion of resistance and standing up for your rights, uh, uh, claiming your civil and human rights, doesn't mysteriously just happen in the 1940s and 50s. That This is something that is very intrinsic to the human experience. And then we take people through uh, Jim Crow during the 19th century, through the 1940s and 50s, and then walk through some really key uh, moments in the civil rights movement, everything from the landmark case, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education, which eliminated segregation and education in the United States, to the famous Montgomery bus boycott where Rosa Parks 
uh, started by refusing to give up her seat on a segregated bus in Montgomery, Alabama, to the Selma and Montgomery March, uh, to Black Power. So we cover all aspects of it and have some great interactives, great audio, great video, uh, visuals for people to um engage with. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, obviously Dr. King is a central figure around there, but uh, there is much more to the muse- museum, as you mentioned. Uh, can you explain, if I'm, I'm planning a, a visit there, what do I need to know? Uh, do I get tickets in advance? And how does it work? How long would it take to, to see everything uh, through all the uh, sites and, and exhibits? Well, you know, to visit the museum, we generally say give yourself at least two hours. Um you know, I would advise more than that because what a lot of people discover is that they get so uh, enthralled in what they're seeing that before they know it, they, they've spent 40 minutes and they've only been through the first three galleries and mm-hmm. they've got about 19 more to go. Uh, so we definitely say make sure that this is part of a significant part of your day. The museum is open um, uh, six days a week. We are closed on Tuesday. Uh, you, I believe you can purchase your tickets in advance, but we have our tickets. Uh, you can do tickets here on site. Um, and group tours, you can always contact the museum to make a group reservation. Uh, and it's a great experience. Uh, we encourage people to come, set aside your day. We're located in downtown Memphis, so it's a great walk. There's wonderful restaurants and things around us. You get the real historic feel of the city. Well, it must be quite an experience. Uh, give me some feedback on, you know, what people say after they visited uh, the museum. Oh, they say <laughs> it's funny. You, you hear so many different um, reactions to the museum. A number of people say, "I never knew this history. I never knew uh, what the struggle was like," and they're very humbled uh, by what they've learned. Uh, people who lived during that time period come in and say that uh, we got the story right, and um, they're very appreciative of what we've done. A lot of people just appreciate how much we've opened up our eyes, and quite a few people come in and they say, I'm coming back, or I'm bringing friends, or I'm bringing families. We've had a number of VIPs that we've given tours to who say, you know what, I've got to bring my kids, or I've got to bring my parents. They they are always bringing people back. So there's something about what we do here that really speaks uh, to people. And, and you can kind of see it as people, you see people enter and exit the museum, uh, particularly when you get to the King Room, because we have set up the room as it would have looked uh, right before Dr. King uh, passed away. It's It hits you the first time you see it. It's quite a powerful moment. It's one thing to learn about the man, and it's another thing to see where he died. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I would think be so. there and encounter that, yeah. Uh, so we, we, I think we change people uh, for the better. The Lorraine Motel itself, what happened after uh, Dr. King was assassinated? Was it closed, or what happened between the, the gap between then and when the uh, museum opened? So that's a very interesting story. The, muse- uh, the Lorraine Motel actually continues to operate. Uh, Mrs. Lori Bailey actually suffered a stroke in the chaotic hours after Dr. King's assassination and had to be taken to the hospital, and she passed away uh, about three, three to four days later. Um, and uh, dies. So Mr. Bailey is a widow at that point and uh, continues to operate the hotel. Um, 
the hotel does go into a decline. And by the mid to late 1980s, um, it's either going into bankruptcy and, and people are talking about demolishing it. It's in a great location downtown, so there were talks of um, putting up something different. And uh, the community really came together and said, absolutely not. We want to preserve this. This is a, a, a tremendously important historical moment in American and global history. And so there were some community leaders who came together. They set up drives. People donated uh, coins and money, and they were able to purchase the building and uh, did an agreement with the uh, state of Tennessee so that the state of Tennessee actually owns this building and the museum uh, will exist in this building. And the agreement is, is that as long as the museum exists, we are allowed to use the building to uh, help tell this story. What is planned for uh, Martin Luther King Day tomorrow? Oh, so for Martin Luther King Day at the museum, it is one of the busiest days of the year here at the museum. We plan a really big celebration. Uh, we have uh, we reduced the price of admission down to $5, and then if our guests bring a canned good uh, to donate to the local food bank, they get $2 off of admission. We also uh, do blood donations, so if people donate blood uh, to a local organization, they will get uh, uh, free passes for a family of four that day. And so we roughly get about 4,000 people going through the museum between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then we actually have an outdoor festival that happens. We have a children's tent where we have learning activities for kids. We have uh, performers for kids. We have a health and communities tent where we work with our community partners to distribute information um, and do all sorts of health screenings. And then we have a main stage pavilion where we have local bands and children's groups perform throughout the day. So for us, this is a real celebration of Dr. King's life. You know, April 4th is the moment that we get a little more serious, but tomorrow is a big party, and we really enjoy it. We're anticipating upwards of 6,000 people coming to the museum uh, tomorrow. Well, it sounds like it would be an incredible experience. One who is a history buff and, and likes that sort of stuff, uh, I would be very excited to see it. So it's the... National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis, Tennessee. The website civilrightsmuseum.org. And Dr. Noelle Trent is the Director of Interpretation, Collections, and Education for the Civil Rights Museum. I uh, thank you for your time, Dr. Trent. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca.